Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Happy Monday, everybody. I guess the people on the East Coast are a little bit happier than the people on the West Coast, particularly here in Los Angeles after the Super Bowl game yesterday, but congratulations to the Patriots and congratulations to the Rams for being in the Super Bowl. I want to welcome you to the show today. I'm so excited to have my guest. Really, this is going to be a fun show, and I would like you to know that Sunda Kuhnquist, who is so much, she's a comedian, she's an actress, she's an author of a cookbook, and she's just all that and so much more. And I want to welcome you to the show today, Sunda. Thanks, thanks so much for joining us. Yay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Marcia. Yes, I'm so glad to be a part of it and hearing so many good things about you and so many good things about your show. I said, I've got to be a part of this. We've got to bring well, Jersey back to, to, to Cali. That's what we have to do. <laughs> Get that excitement go. going. And, and you know what? I love New Jersey. I I really do. I think your shoreline is the best. So let's just let's just get started. And and as I said to you just before we went in the air, a high five to you, Sunda, because this is really going to be fun. I think that a great place for us to begin, frankly, is just you know what you're all about, Alfie, because you have a really interesting background. Um, growing up in Patterson, New Jersey, and I thought you could start off by just sharing that information with the, with my listeners that may not know that about you. So the stage Hello, is yours, my friend. Hello, listeners who don't know me. These are Marcia's fans, hashtag Marcia's fans, hashtag this is Sunday from P-Town. Patterson, New Jersey <laughs> is known and notorious for uh, being the home of the hurricane. Uh, what else did we have mm-hmm. there? The creator of The Sopranos. A lot of The Sopranos episodes are filmed there. The home of Lou Costello, and unfortunately, one of the highest crime rates right now. So I am still a visitor. I still go back to Patterson. I love my hometown. I went to St. Teresa's. I went to St. John's. I went to Patterson Catholic. I graduated from Seton Hall University, so I'm Jersey all around. My degree is in criminal justice, just to tell you a little bit about myself, not to step ahead of you because it's your show, but I'm accustomed to doing this. See, because, you know, when you're born to talk, you're born to talk. Some people talk your head off, not me, Marsha. I go for the whole body. When you give me a chance to go on your show, I let you breathe. You can go food shopping, come back, I'll be talking. That's what it is like. That's what happens when you're dealing with the Jersey girl who just talks over and over and over. And so how can I compare and contrast New Jersey is so different from Beverly Hills. It's undeniable. I'm still, I'm still attached to New Jersey. Uh, I still go back for benefits, like Gilded Club of Northern New Jersey, which was a cancer support group that benefited men, women, and children living with cancer, which was created by the one and only uh, Gilda Radner from SNL fame. And as of late, I've been involved with autism speaks because, you know, we have the highest amount of autism is the state of New Jersey. Why? I don't know. Could be the chemicals. I don't know. All I know is that uh, I had the pleasure of working with Stephanie Block, who is now starring in uh, Share the Musical. And we had Broadway stars always for the uh, autism events at Montclair State College. So that was exciting. And that's, that's probably where I leave off. I can't wait to get back for the summer and hit the Jersey Shore. You know, that's so interesting. I'm, I happen to also really relate to the autism uh, causes. I, I have had multiple guests that port autism. I've had a guest that, oh, my gosh, he's 16 years old that's now. That's great that you Cody. have them. You know why? Why? It's good because you're bringing attention to it and making it like the common cold because that's what it is. It's just like cancer. It's with us. It's among us. And we live with it. We live with people on the you spectrum bet. every day. You bet. So that's how Kobe I deal Bird. with it. They make everybody feel comfortable. You, you are Tell me so about Kobe right. Bird. Just, so he's 15. Kobe Bird 
is, is on the high level of, of the spectrum of autism. I met him through the Miracle Project. Maybe you're familiar with that in Beverly Hills with um, Elaine Hall. And Kobe is a singer. He's destined to be on Broadway, but he's an actor. And he was actually featured in The Good Doctor, playing a role as an autistic person that was afraid in the hospital, Kobe being Kobe. I'm so proud of what he does. And I have a lot of other relations to autism. But this show honestly is about you and what it is that you do. And you said something that I thought was so interesting because you are a comedian. Clearly you're funny. If you said, I think we've met our match. So you can interrupt me, all right? Permission granted. I'm going to interrupt you. I hope that permission is also granted. You got a degree it's in your criminal show. justice? Well, I know, but still. So you got a, a degree in criminal justice? What, what, what prompted you to do that? Well, you got to go to college when you leave uh, high school or else you're destined to become destitute in the city of Madison. And I was always huh. interested in true crime and things of that nature. And so, yeah, I, uh, I it was a baccalaureate program at Seton Hall and I took the courses and completed and I have my bachelor's and there's nothing really to talk about except that during that time I used to do pageants to get money for the scholarships. They were scholarship pageants. So when oh. that pops up, in Wiki, I have to tell people that Miss America is a definite scholarship pageant. So that's why I did those pageants was to, you know, help with college, of course. And so what made me do it, just the interest in working in a prison. I did probation and parole review. And then from there, I went on to work on Wall Street. I worked for Spy Tech. I worked with uh, Vinnie Parco. Uh, you may know him as Parco PI. He's a PI to the stars out of New York. And I worked under his license as a hmm. private investigator and as a salesperson for Spy Tech selling overt and covert surveillance equipment. How creepy and slimy is that job? Well, you know what? It's not always for creepy and slimy people. Maybe you've got your mother in the nursing home and you like to see who's whacking her when no one's not looking. So it, it, was, it had its good points. And I yes. did this coming out of college because I, during college I had to work, you know, small plays, whatever I had to do to make ends meet. And so I was still pursuing my dream as an actor. And it was upon meeting Jackie Mason that my life changed. And that's when I decided to do stand-up comedy. I didn't decide. He decided for me. <laughs> and so my husband said to me, if Jackie Mason says you're funny, maybe you should try stand-up comedy. And so with all due respect, I have to give that to Jackie. When you asked me, how did I get from criminal justice to stand-up comedy, I just gave you the short version. And, you know, you said something, because I know a little bit about your background, but you just sort of glossed over the fact about pageant work. You actually were in the Miss, um, was it Miss America pageant? Is that what you were representing New Jersey? Yes, uh, County of Bergen. It was Bergen County. Okay. So well, you go counties right. and then you go, have you ever done pageants? Uh, no, honey. You haven't seen me, but no, but you're, oh. you're no, but go ahead. You have to um, people, yeah, it doesn't, it's, yeah. I find that the pageants really made me stronger for stand-up comedy, because if you have to go there and bomb in a bathing suit, it's easier with clothes on. <laughs> oh, that's what I said you're going to do. That's called an applause break, Marsha. I'm kidding. Oh, I love all it. you listeners, you are so lucky to have Marsha, who is so dedicated to her audience, and she's so aware of everything. She knows everything about her guests. She does her homework. She really delivers on point, and you guys should be paying attention because you're lucky you've got the one and only divine Miss Marsha W. That's how we have to go because I can't pronounce the last name. But Kronquist is no day at the beach either because I'm a Swedish black redneck Jew, so I cover the world. Some people can't do all that, but I can. So my mother was black, my father was Swedish, and I came out looking like a Puerto Rican. But that's okay. That works for me. When I'm in Beverly Hills and I'm Persian, that works for me too. It depends. Hey, listen, I'm here to work with the world. I am the answer to your problems. You want your son you, to bring me home. Why? Well, she represents everyone. And, you know, I got to just tell people, because I really, I knew we were going to laugh this full hour. Let me just tell you, you can't say Waiteka. How hard is it for me to say your first name? Folks, Sunda, her first name is spelled like Sunday, drop the Y, S-U-N-D-A, Sunda. 
Don't ask me how to how we got to Sunda from Sunda, but you know, you think Crimcrest is hard? I I think Sunda is hard, but that's okay because that's just part of that's the makeup LA. of who you it's are. That's LA. Two syllables. There you have it, and it's, you know it's LA. When 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 people actually go to your your Sunda Live um, or actually it's just SundaLive.com um, webpage, they will see frankly just how truly beautiful you are, and it explains why you were doing pageant work. Because while you may not want to talk about I I'm still pretty so oh so pretty, the reality is you are quite pretty. But you're more than that, and and you're you're an actress. So you were on Law and Order. Did you love doing that? Was that fun for you? That was my dream. I said, you know, before it was my bucket list, I said, the only thing I want to do is just portray somebody on law and order because I have a degree in criminal justice. That would be perfect. But ironically, I had a very serious surgery the day before the filming, and it was a female Mm. issue. And did you know that I got up and went to work anyway because I had my own trailer for the role, so... I play Nancy Lee, and I'm a sperm bank manager. Um, Typecasting? I'm kidding. I'm a sperm bank manager for a fertility clinic, and the doctor is impregnating all of his patients, and they all come out with red hair. Of course, they always say it's not based on a true story, and of course, it always is. And so that is the role that I'm known for. For whatever reason, people always know me from one order, and it's hysterical because I'm not on every day. I wish I was, but I'm not. That's so um, funny. Also of interest. And, yes. Yes, please. But which I was thinking about dead comics and dead people, unfortunately, is the great Joe Gutterelli, uh from Analyze This from 100 years ago. I've had the pleasure of working mm-hmm. with him and Seymour Cassell with Judd Nelson in uh, The Cure for Boredom, which was a movie that's now called Sex and Bullets, which has me cut out now except for the end. Oh. And the only reason why I'm mentioning that is because people call me and they're like, I heard of this movie. Why are you not in this movie? I'm at the end. I have a line. <laughs> I'm, I'm an obnoxious <laughs> female comedian who works for an overweight comedy club owner. Typecasting again. Hashtag again. <laughs> and so since everything is a hashtag and everything is done on social media, it's really a blessing that you have people that come on that actually talk. Yes. Well, you know something? If you listen to my very beginning of the, at the top of the hour, when I say, you know, what's your story, I really do mean that. I don't mean that like, what's your story? I really mean it like, what's your story? Because everyone has one, and you are just like all over the place. I'm, I'm looking at the cover of your cookbook, and it's called Kosher Soul Food. Okay, that's pretty interesting. And I know you wrote it with, with a chef. But what prompted you to write a cookbook on top of everything else you're doing? I cook all the time. I cook all the time. I never thought of myself that way. But my friends always talked about how I used to cook and cook and cook and cook. But I'm no Betty Crocker. I can't bake. But in the pictures, you'll see I baked them, LOL. And Mm -hmm. um, notice how I'm trying to be as cool as my friends, Loki. And I can't get my saying that. The funniest thing about that cookbook is that it really is a way to bring the world together. I mean, how many interracial marriages are there with Jews? And nobody knows what they're doing. They don't know the questions to ask. They don't know why they don't, you know, put meat and milk together and on the same plate. So it's a lot that you learn. And there's some jokes in there, so you'll enjoy it. For example, I can't get my hair wet, which means I stay away from... Pots of steam and dishwashers that aren't completed because one drop of water and this hair goes up like chippy pop popcorn. So this is no joke. But at least I'm able to use it in the book. Throughout the book, you can see the flow of my jokes and how they all come to play and how they all come to pass. And it's pretty easy. I was featured on um, Home and Family, uh, Fox News, Red Eye with Tom Shalhoub. Yeah, I haven't done a lot of pushing on the book is the way I should. But, of course, here comes mm-hmm. the other aspect we haven't talked about, and that's being a mother of two teenage daughters, Satan and Lucifer. And, yes, Lucifer is the baby. I say that with love. Their names are Aviva and Tova, and Aviva is 17, and Tova is 16, and Mom is crazy teen. So I am surrounded by the musical theater world because they attend Ramon Cortina School of Visual and Performing Arts on Grand Street in Los Angeles. If you guys who are listening don't know, this is called a schlep. A schlep. Yes. Every morning I drive for an hour 
to get them downtown, and then it's two hours to get back. And that's called being a mom. So that's what I do is drive my kids all around because you would think at this age they could drive, but they're afraid because of the accidents they've been in here and what they've seen. They're just in an accident again with an Uber. Because people keep texting and driving. Crazy. Only right. I can do that right, Marsha. I'm kidding. Well, you know, I'm that's... I'm trying to see if yeah, you're listening. You, I am. Oh, honey, I, I am. I am so listening because I'm just like uh, chomping in the bit to, in, to interrupt you. So here, here's some of the questions that I want to interrupt. You wrote a kosher soul food cookbook. Does that mean that you keep a kosher home in your in your home? That's a personal question. Yes, I do. I keep a kosher home. Okay, but, no um, bacon in your house. You don't have no to BLTs be. You don't have to be. Right. No, I, I know. Anyway. I, would just... I don't eat pork. Yeah, I don't like okay, it. Okay, there you go. My stepfather so that's, had a sausage. That's easy. So I raised, I was mm-hmm. raised on pork, raised on okay. pork. I mean, in every piece of pork you can imagine. By the way, from the pig ears to whatever, and so mm-hmm. uh, it's a way of making your soul food kosher, and nobody knows. So let's say, for example, right. use collard greens, right? And you use mm-hmm. fat back instead of using fat back from pork, you would use the fat from pastrami, and nobody knows. They never know. Yeah. So it's great. It's just and I hate yeah. exclusion. I hate exclusion. And one thing that I learned from my mother-in-law is that everyone can keep everyone can eat kosher, but not everybody mm-hmm. can eat non-kosher. Everyone and that's the truest thing eat. I've ever said. Everyone hmm. can eat kosher, but not right. everyone can eat well, kosher. Yeah. You can't always well, you give know, somebody it, a steak and a glass of milk. Right. That, <laughs> you that's know? very it true. It doesn't go. It, that's, just, that's, yeah, it doesn't go. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's a little bit timely, and then we're going to move over to, to your acting and things like that. But I, but I think it is timely for those of you that are interested. You know, Passover is not that far away. It's around the corner. So, um, you know, if Thanks people are stress, interested. Marsh. No, no, no problem. You've already finished the book. It's 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 easy. You 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 you've, you're there already. So um, oh please, you know, to clean it, that it, house it, is a nightmare. Well, that's you know that's that's I'm not going to even comment on that. But I do want to know everything has bread. Uh, well, I know, I, I know. It's crazy. I, I, I'm, I was, I well, you know, I crazy not crazy. It's a tradition. So that's what you do. But if people are certainly interested in, in um, obtaining your cookbook, you know, they can certainly go uh, online or to the cookbooks st- or to, the, to their favorite stores, and I'm sure they can find your, your book there because perhaps somebody's Absolutely. looking for some variety. So they might be looking some right. for some variety, and, and that would be a place to do that. But uh, what, I'd, what I'd like to talk about is that, we, so we've talked a little bit about your acting. We've talked a little bit about your criminal justice and, and how that influenced you and Jackie Mason and all of that. But what I really would like to really talk a lot about with you is Tell me. the fact that you did start <laughs> the L.A. School of Comedy. And not everybody starts a school, all right? That, that, that takes some, um, some dedication to the craft. So let's talk about your school. How, how did you come about even I love that starting line. that school? Which one? I love that line, dedication to the craft. There I love you go. it. You it's it's a beautiful line because it is a real dedication. And I started out, I was a renter. It was called the Film Actor Shop. Otto Felix ran it. He owned it. He had one bit in a movie called Up in Smoke with Cheech and Chong. Okay. He's oh, yeah. the cop that goes to arrest them, gets a contact high and goes, give me your hot dog. And that's all he ever did. But for some mm-hmm. reason, he became the king of commercials. He started a program where I now have the L.A. School of Comedy called Happy. And Happy had handicapped actors and performers performing with able-bodied actors. So I had no idea what was going on. And so this is a quick and strange and true story. I was paying for the renters, you know, renting for my, for my comedy classes. And one day he didn't call me back after I got, gave him the money. So I, I'm waiting and I lose my temper a little bit because now I got people coming in, et cetera. I get a phone call. It's his wife. He had passed away. Oh. Otto oh Felix goodness. has passed away. 
And something inside of me says, somebody still has my money. So I go there late at night to see who's in the studio. Marsha, I walk into a room full of wheelchairs, automated wheelchairs, scooters, crutches, everything you can imagine. They're doing a memorial. And I walked in on it. When you walk in a memorial, you can't leave. Hello. You have to stay. They're giving me a rose, Mm -hmm. so I want to speak. And what am I going to say? I thought he was taking my money. But God bless him, his wife gave me the lease. Isn't that wonderful? And I have a great place. I'm located at 10835 Santa Monica Boulevard, right sandwiched in nicely between Beverly Hills and Santa Monica. And I'm really a loose but tight ship, meaning if you can't make it Wednesdays at 7 and Saturdays at 11, I will accommodate you. I believe that if people tell you you're funny, you probably are. People say those who can do, those who can't teach. I disagree. Those who are fierce can teach, coach, and still be on time for the show at 8 p.m. That's a real professional. I enjoy what I do, and I love seeing people hit a whole other level in comedy. I've grown on to see people just get uh, grants. One of my clients got a grant for uh, dancing and doing stand-up. Another one is on a really? tour now. It's Shirley Ralph's brother. Yeah, Michael Ralph. He's doing a tour. Who knew that they were Jamaican? You can bring out comedy out of people, and they start out thinking they're going to do a routine about X, and they come out doing Y and Z because you never know the beauty of a showcase. I got my training from the American Comedy Institute, home of the stand-up comedy experience, and the director is Stephen Rosenfield. And I took classes, Jim Gaffigan, Lena Dunham. We all did. We all did. Mm -hmm. So when people say to me, you can't teach people to be funny, they wouldn't be there if they didn't think they were funny to begin with. So that battle is done. And I, I love to hear people say these things and write these negative things. I know I'm dedicated to my craft, and that's what I like what you said, because I am dedicated to the craft. I want you to do well. If you don't look good, I don't look good. And I've had everyone from felons to billionaires. Isn't and I mean felons. People who wow. have served, who have been given a life sentence, who got out. In 23 and a half years, that's my Stacey Taylor. I'm very proud of him. He's now opening for Mike Epps. He's working with Cheryl Underwood. He's working with Sherry Shepard from The View. He's doing all these beautiful things, and I will tell you something. Stand-up comedy is fantastic if you're trying to beat that recidivism rate because these people go back to jail. They can't do anything else. Think about it. You have a record. Where are you going to work? You do stand-up comedy. You have a story to tell and maybe even teach somebody and quote-unquote, learn these new kids, stay out of trouble. And I'm very proud of Stacy. And also, um, I was working with, uh, we'll say Peter, Peter Drysdale, because that's the name he goes by, and he's a businessman. We were all on a tour together. It was called The Straight Jackets mm-hmm. of Comedy. It was me, Stacy Taylor, and uh, Peter Drysdale, and we traveled from Reno we went to Reno, Tahoe, Vegas, Chicago, New York. It was great. It was a great time. Wow. And to see everybody develop more and more and watch them change for the audiences. I'm looking forward to going national with Jade and Vernon Jones of Charlotte. We're going to be doing our first show in April with the Comedy Zone. So I've been asked to bring my comedy school out of Los Angeles and go national and international. I have people that just fly out from Japan. Japan. Wow. Crazy. That is so, you know, it's not easy being funny. I mean, you might think you're funny when you're talking with your friends, but to put yourself up there and out there on a stage, that's, that cannot be easy. I, I'm not a stand-up comedian. I am a speaker. I, I am a Toastmaster, so I know what it's like to get up and compete and stand in front of a group of people and speak. And, and there is a judgment there because there's not in a bad judgment. They're, they're actually, you're actually being evaluated for these contests. But when people stand up on stage, they are immediately putting themselves up in a, a judgment, you, people are going to laugh. They're not going to laugh. If you're not laughing, oh, my God, does that mean I'm not funny? And I'm trying to, to, to look at the crowd and 
people are looking bored. They're looking at their cell phones. They're not looking at me. And, oh, my God. Yes, you know, so you're doing too much work. Me That's the hell why you got to take my class. That's why you got to take my right. class. I take all of that off of you. I take all of that if off I can, you because you can't pay attention to that. You've got to go fourth wall, which is a whole other thing I can do in another class for you. But I'll tell you the beauty of this class is that they're not all stand-up comics. You know, Marsha, they are people like you, regular people, firemen, mm-hmm. um, doctors, lawyers, people who want to be funny just to be, have a great icebreaker, rabbis, um, uh, preachers. They need the icebreaker because there's one thing we can agree with is that humor heals in, you know, I don't have to prove it. We all know it. So it's, it's uh, better to laugh than frown. <laughs> and the I, it, it does make our face. Kidding. Yeah, exactly. It makes our face prettier. When, when people, I'm, I'm looking at your website and I'm, I'm looking at some of the things that you, that you offer, including these four stand-up um, comedy classes. Do you kind of take us through what that's like? Do do you write your own comedy? How does t- take us through? I that? write my own How comedy, and you will write your own comedy too. We're going to write everything together. We're going to be able to get it done, and I guarantee you will have five to seven minutes. And even if you don't have five, and you have three, just to get up there and get that three done is a part of your chunk, which you're going to work towards because you want to get fifteen, so you can open for people, and then you get a half mm-hmm. hour. You can middle. And then if you have an hour, like myself, I headline. So I can do a different hour every night. I could talk on. So that's why Born to Talk is right for me. And if you guys are listening, you've got to keep following her on Born to Talk. This woman's got a fantastic mm-hmm. show. For those of you who don't even know people that exist like me, because there's only one Sunda Kronquist. That's right. She likes to put an R in my name. People say to me, technically, Sunda should have an R in it. I go, well, what are you going to do with the R in Kronquist? Because if you drop it, you're in trouble. <laughs> Meaning, Kronquist, <laughs> not cool. Hey, not but cool. we're just trying to keep I, it I, real. Not cool, but I've gotten the mail. I know. I, <laughs> I, you just really, I think that everybody, that one of the I don't think you were prepared for, for this. Like, <laughs> well, you know what? I, you're my first comedian, but you're not my first person that loves to talk. Imagine being in my position, having a show that's called Born to Talk, and then getting your guest that doesn't want to talk. That's not so cool because that's like, well, then what are we going to talk about? That, so I, I, I prefer me interrupting you and, and having you just go on because, frankly, uh, you won't be my guest next week. And next week I will have an, an, another uh, guest that's a, that actually is a physician and he works in the, in the um, autism world as well in his, in his field. But that's for next week. But what I think is so fascinating about you is that you can feel, I can feel your energy, number one. I can feel it. I can feel your um, genuineness, and I can feel your love of what it is you do, whether it's making that kosher meal, whether it's schlepping those girls across town, whether it's helping a reluctant performer to perform. And, and as you said, you know, maybe the, maybe the ideal isn't necessarily to take your class so that you can be at the Laugh Factory um, or you can be down at the Comedy Club in Hermosa Beach. Maybe you just want to, to do something like this to make your have a confidence. And maybe your field is who knows what you do for a living, but you know that you have to, to get on a, on a stage and, and be the moderator of something. How cool would it be to be the moderator of your insurance company and find yourself able to say something that's somewhat humorous and draws people in? I see the application for stand-up comedy to be in a lot of different arenas, not just performance space. Would you would you agree? Do you oh, think yeah, that that makes a difference? Although it's a performing art, yeah. Although it's a performing yes. art, you're absolutely right, and that's why I was mentioning the aforementioned the rabbis, the preachers, the businessmen, the car salesmen, they all come, but they all leave happy. Everybody yes. is happy, and they never leave me, and they always come back. And I have people that come to me for content because I have a very young following. And when I say mm-hmm. young, I'm a woman of a certain age, and my followers are 18, 19, 20, like stupid things I do that kids like. But they knew me from when I was, you know, like 20 years ago. They were babies. 
And mm-hmm. my kids, you know, they're getting older, and so their friends, the, the brothers are like 23, 24 already, so they can come mm-hmm. to the clubs now. It's pretty cool. You can see Aviva Tova's mom in action using mm-hmm. words she doesn't use at the temple. But I don't <laughs> go for the dirty acts, and I'm going to tell you why. I don't like the dirty jokes because they're done. They're not funny anymore. They're all doing the same thing. They tap this, they tap that. If you want to have a real set that you want to send out and tell people that you can work clean, I suggest when you take my class, you start practicing that way. This way, when you want to make it spicy for a night and it's an adult audience, you can do that. But you need to Mm -hmm. practice clean first. Why? Hello, you can't play it on television. Not that anybody's watching it anymore. But if it's your goal to be in front of people, then you can't be like, yo, ma, what's up? It's not going right. to happen. And I explain no. what makes my class different from other classes is that I have the chance to tell you the do's, the don'ts, the etiquette. Um, don't be a chuckle, uh, for sake of better terms, uh, like don't be a chuckle follower. How's that? Let's just put it that way. Don't be okay. a chuckle groupie. Once you get involved in that, it's addictive. Laughter is mm-hmm. addicting. It's that you want to mm-hmm. laugh. You know, you like to be around people. It's like having a toothache and the pain goes away. The laughter helps take away the pain of people. And at the same time, these very same people that make people laugh suffer from tremendous depression. And I'm so, I'm so proud of the Laugh Factory for hiring Ildi Tabori, having an in-house psychologist for these comedians who make everyone laugh so hard and go home to their own dark and, and, and small world. So I, I just bring that up to say that um, the Laugh Factory does take care of its comedians as well as the Ha Ha Cafe, both uh, Ha Ha Cafe and Comedy Club on Langersham. I work for both. I work all the clubs. I'm just saying these are right. my faves. You know, yeah, it's they're interesting my faves, and that's just... the one reason. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say what what occurred to me is that, you know, I got an immediate visual by what you just said, and I immediately saw Robin Williams because those of us that didn't know Robin Williams, we saw him on TV, we saw him on Mark and Mindy, we saw him in all of his films. We don't know as the audience what, what lurks in the hearts of men, right? We don't know that. There and you go. And, there you go. And it's and I think that and sometimes you know people can use an experience that isn't so devastatingly depressing, but just something that happened, and turn that around into something that's pretty darn funny because it's relatable, and it sounds to me like you would help people say so. Really, you really did stumble in the middle of the night, Marcia, on Christmas morning while you were attempting to sit on the toilet and you banged into your toilet tank and split it wide open and you didn't know how Not to the turn the water one, off. Go ahead. Well, I'll tell you, 15 minutes of running water when you're sending a text to your neighbor saying, oh, my God, I have an emergency, results in about $20,000 worth of damage. Oh, yes. Funny as that might be, um, you know, I could see myself standing up and saying, anybody else as clumsy as me in the middle of the night? But it, it happened. You know, now that's well, not I'll depressing. Well, I'll tell you, I've been, yeah, it's not depressing. I'll tell you what's depressing. Depressing is being on Alaska Airlines in first class with your two kids and having to be wheeled there because you have plantar, I can't even say it. You could say it. Plantar, the plantar fasciitis. Fasciitis, right. So I'm on a boot. Mm-hmm. I'm on a cane. I go I board the flight. I'm in first class because I'm worth it. And, of course, I have <laughs> Satan and Lucifer, and they're not sitting with me because they're, I'm their mother, mm-hmm. so I'm embarrassing. And you know, Marcia, mm-hmm. this is the first time I'm talking about it, so it should be on your talk show. I was actually asked to leave the plane, and it was because Why? of the color of my skin. There was no one else no, there. No. Yes, yes. No. You know, when I make fun, well, you haven't seen all my acts, but I, I do these routines because, you know, you wonder why you're getting thrown off the plane and you're walking in with an attitude like, y'all got to be out with your mind. It's not like that. It's not always like that. When I was asked to leave the flight, I asked the woman, why? I said, wait a minute, my kids are here, which brings me to, I have to change my last name on my license because 
My kids don't look like me. In my act, I tell you, one looks like she's out of Norway and the other one's an Asian baby. I don't know how I have an Asian baby, but she's mine. (laughs) And so people don't connect us. And I said to them, I have to leave the flight. And I said, why? My kids are on the plane. And then the woman who was not in business class, but the uh, stewardess, whatever she is, that was in the, the, the cabin, she comes out and says, you don't have any kids on this plane. And I realized my mother's words came to haunt me. She used to tell me, you better put his last name and get rid of yours because they're never going to think they're your kids. Let's just cut to the chase. I was asked off the plane. I asked them to call the police because I'm not leaving my children. They put the tickets. My last name doesn't match their last name. They keep my kids. Take me off the flight. And I'm in a cane. I'm on a cane and a a leg boot. And they had to handcuff me on a wheelchair. Now, how dangerous is someone of a certain age with two children who are minors on a plane who doesn't want to leave her kids, by the way? How crazy is that story for someone like me? Because I'm born Somebody like anybody. I forget. My. So I tweeted. Really, I am. This is my favorite airline. And you're the first wow, show I'm talking reach? about it. But I was stunned. They took me to a jail. It was terrible. There were prostitutes there. There was, there was, it was just awful. I was in Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. I had, and I can't walk. And what did your kids do? They didn't know that you were being removed? Of course they knew. They're teenagers. They were embarrassed. They didn't the want to raise my daughter. That's my mom? Yeah, she said, well, wait a minute. That's what she said. She goes, that, that is my mama. She said, no, because the woman said, I smell alcohol. And I was like, give me a break. Too old. And she says, uh, so Aviva goes, my mama doesn't drink alcohol. And it got very quiet because she called me her mother. And they're looking at this kid like, there's no way Blondie over here, Shirley Temple belongs with this one. Well, you know what? I don't know if it was the fur coat I was wearing. I don't know if it was the Louis Vuitton bag. I don't know if it was the Gucci frames. I just know I was the wrong color that day to walk onto that airline. And I wasn't even walking. They wheeled me. And you know what I have to tell you? The pilot spoke to me, Marsha. He spoke to me. I said, how are you? He said, I'm fine. I'm just not comfortable with you on this flight. What? I have to ask you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Told me personally. All right. He told me personally. And for the first time, I can't make fun anymore. Help me get my kids now. They throw me off the plane. Because when it happens to you and your children are being held back and you're being pulled back from your kids, and my daughter's like, it's okay, Mommy. It's okay. It broke my heart. It felt like I was in Nazi Germany taking my kids from me. I'm not even making a joke. This is how the no. mothers felt. How do you take of me? And I'm course. screaming. And then the woman has the nerve to say to me, now this was wrong. She said to me, you ain't never flying Alaska again. And I said to myself, man, there's no such word as ain't, but that's okay. And I said, man, but you'll always be fat because I'm mean. And then she said, and I got your kids and you're going to jail. Who taunts a mother? Who taunts a mother like that? Wow. And, and all of a sudden wow. I had an allergy attack and sneezed. So I have to beat that rap. But let me tell you, I'm going to beat this because they had to drop off four charges. Wow. This is when the dad is who's a mother. When your act, yes. Yeah. When your act comes to bite you in the tuchus, then you know. Mm-hmm. Because when you're Swedish or black in New York City, it makes you a Puerto Rican. But when I'm on the West Coast, I'm Persian. And I have fun with all of that. <laughs> but when I was in Portland, Oregon, they called me black hands down. And there was not one black person in that jail but me. Because they offered wow. me a ham and cheese sandwich with white milk. Ugh. But they offered it. What can I say? Um, they were kind of rough wow. on me. I will tell you that. It wasn't necessary to take my hair out of a ponytail and stick my hair up so I looked like a banshee. And then they referred to me as another Cat Williams. Did Cat Williams have two kids within two years? Is walking on a cane with a boot in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So oh my goodness! Do is I try to take mm-hmm. all of these events and turn them into something good, and as a result, 
I met mm-hmm. a female comedian from Portland who wants me to bring the Femme Fatales to Oregon, and I'm going to do it. She came and performed Wonderful. with me, mm-hmm. and that's the good news. You know, that's, that's, that's the good out of it. You have to always find something good out of a bad situation so it's not a complete waste of time. And that's why I was so glad to have the opportunity to have uh, to be a guest on your show and that you took the time to do all those questions that I had to peruse and I had to start thinking twice about my life. You asked about, like, mm-hmm. the next five years, what do I see? Right now I'm just trying to stay out of jail. But other than that, I see a world where I am going to be a coach to the stars. I was a little joke there, but I'm going to probably end up doing what I like to do. I don't like to work a lot anymore like that, mm-hmm. hours and hours on ends, talk, you know. But if mm-hmm. I'm teaching, that's different. And, of course, when I perform, like I still perform with the class, just like Lisa well, Lampanelli was... started, the great comedian. Well, you Did know, you I know was going to ask you that. No, I, I didn't. And when you say that you're performing – Beyond the class, beyond the fact that you perform at, at your, on your classes and ongoing, um, it sounds to me, if I was trying to take notes on everything you were saying, you're about to take your, your class on the road. Is, did you call it the Comedy Zone? Is that what I, is that what I wrote in my notes? Um, the Comedy Zone is the name of the club that we're considering doing a showcase. Yes, that's in North Carolina, okay. and then we're going to Myrtle Beach, and then we're going to Miami. And that's where I am right now. But it looks like I'm taking it on the road. I like that, Marcia, because you're born to talk. So <laughs> I, I, could really, I could really see these kinds of comedy shows with your input popping up in other places. When people hear you and they're going to think, man, or even Hermosa Beach, man, I'd like to be like her. Where does, how, does she, how does she do that? You know, I, I think it's fabulous, and I think we should talk about the fact that not only do you have your classes, but you have an open mic as well, don't you, that you do on Thursdays? Uh, yeah, the open, the open mic is run by John Taylor, and that's on Thursday nights. And we also mm-hmm. have studio rentals. We have a podcast. We, we now are a podcast. We're, we're a fully operated podcasting studio, so that's great. Mm. And I have had the the opportunities to really work with some really big people who appreciate confidentiality in these times of all your business being out there. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. guilty. I'm the person to throw something on Facebook, but some people don't want people to know they're being coached. They don't want people to know that they have to have that additional help. They're stars. They're on television. They're in movies. And I'm, the, I'm pretty much the only game in town. That's Who's going to shut their mouth? You know, I hadn't thought of that. I suppose that if somebody was wanting to take their classes or maybe taking some private coaching sessions with you, maybe they don't want maybe they don't want their public to know. Shoot, you know, I need some, I need some additional coaching on this. But you know, actors have coaches, so it doesn't seem like it would be all that much of a stretch. Why is it so for somebody to? Yeah, yeah. Why would it? Yeah, I would think exactly shocking. I think that's kind of cool. So give me an example of how an open mic works. How does do do people just show up and say you what know, they do is they, like, they show up at six thirty, they sign in and they go up and they do five minutes of their time. That's it. They sign in at six thirty, they go in order, they go up, they do their time, they leave. I'm not there for the open mics, I'm there for the showcases and I mean for my class mm-hmm. because it's just too much. That would be more right. like talents. Every time I go, they are happy because they think I'm going to give them notes, but I'm not. But I right. did once because she was really funny. I wanted to help this girl, and she took the class, so it worked out. But I never overlap. I never push people to take the class. It's up to you. And I give them a free class. Right. I'll give you a free class. How's that? Just to let you guys know, if you want, call 310-470-1939. 470-1939 in the 310 area code, and it's the laschoolofcomedy.com. And it's the, wow. uh, I got to tell you something, it's the only school that's guaranteed to give you less, the only game in town. It's the only game in town. Wow. Wow. I will, if with your permission, because I will be uh, writing a, a, a follow-up blog from my website um, about our show, um, I would like to let the locals know that, um, that you have made that offer and they can, um, you know, uh, contact. When they call, they, can mention they, they the, mention Marcia's show. Mention right. Marsha's show. Okay. And we'll get them a free I'll do class that. to get up there. That would be, All right. that's, that's very, very generous. If So let's just say 
I've decided that um, I want to do an open mic. Is there is there a tip that you would say like when you project your absolutely voice, no tips make sure at all. You're, just go up. None. You just do it. None. Huh? I don't do open mics. Wow. I never did. I always produce my own shows. I'm not going to wait around for a bunch of comedians who don't want to laugh, who don't want to be respectful, who don't want to help. Right. But my class is different because that Thursday that they go there, they're supportive. They're supportive for each other. They laugh for each other. And that's something you could smile about at the end of the day. I should also like to mm-hmm. mention that my daughter is going to be starring in Hairspray, so she will be the first, uh, whatever she looks like, to be uh, starring as, as, as Tracy. So that's exciting. Oh. And the other one is going to be in it as well. But uh, Aviva, their names are Aviva and Tova Zafrin. What, how so you, you should know those name? names. Yes. Zafrin is Z-A-F like Frank, R-I-N like Nancy. Okay. You know, I'll tell you something funny because why not? It's my show. I get to kind of interact every now and then. Um, My daughter has um, a degree in theater arts from UCLA. And she always thought that she wanted to be on the stage, not to do musical theater like your daughter or to to do comedy like you do, but more more, um, serious um, drama. And that was really her intent, but it didn't work out. It doesn't work out for everybody. I don't think that that was ultimately where she was going to land. And I would, and here's where she landed. She landed in construction, and she is um, works in commercial construction, and has had a very successful career in that field. And I guess what I'm and my saying regard to be a physical therapist. And that's my point. You know, How being able that? to stand on She's it. She's going to double major. Know, I, I don't know that it's, She's smart. it's only somewhat, it's only somewhat crazy. Because my, 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 I've been down the road longer than you have with my, my kids are in their 40s. And I, sometimes what you start off in college doing, look at you. Of course, you don't you end up doing it. You, but it prepares you and it gives you confidence. Because frankly, there's very few lines of work. A lot of com- a lot of people in theater go into law, um, and there, what, if you have the confidence to speak, whether it's at a board meeting, it's at a nonprofit charity where you're the host, and you do have to do a little bit of ha ha to you know warm the crowd up. I just see the value of, like you mentioned, the, the, the ministers and the rabbis and things like that. I really see the value of this. And I think it's terrific that your girls are going to this magnet school. Um, I don't think it's been open all that long. Oh, it's not it? a magnet it's school. It's not a magnet oh, it's school, not. by the way. Oh, no. is it part it's of It's not even in our district. Yes, oh. it is. But we're, we're <laughs> located in Beverly Hills. But I went for Stormy Sachs, who's the director of musical theater, thinking he was still at Hollywood High, and he had uh-huh. left. Oh. He was a guest on my talk show, the James and Sunday show that comes on Wednesdays on JLTV, just to throw it in. And so um, that's why I followed him to Ramon Cortinas and Stormy Sachs has been working with musical theater students for years. And, of course, my kid's smart enough. Her father's an attorney. Her mother has a degree in criminal justice and is still on stage and television. So she gets it. Right. You have to have a backup plan. Plan B, you if bet. you break your ankle, what are you going to do? Better crochet, exactly. make some quilts, but have there something. And have, I'm going to um, uh, take this next interview soon. So I wanted to know, did I forget anything? Um, let's see, what, did have you I tell me what you were having? What, did, uh, what are you having for dinner tonight? I forgot. Are you cooking? I'm going to make reservations and I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. And if you guys and you know, really, you if you want to come, I just wanted to give you a, another plug, if because you just said it so quickly. So you do have a podcast as well with James, right? How how do people follow? No, you I don't have a podcast with James. Yeah, um, but, they will be following me. It'll be coming up live. It's called Talk Show on the Go, and uh, okay. you can find Mothertainment right now. That's on with Radio Titans, but it's going to be Talk Show on the Go with Sunda. And we will be live in two weeks because I have all my stuff ready. So we're just waiting for our artwork, and we're ready oh. to go. And no, I oh, you're about and to just launch. To you just to, yeah. Yeah, so to clear right. it, I don't work with James Harris at all. I don't know where he is okay. and if he's still doing stand-up comedy. But definitely right. I am working with other people. 
and we have so many great things going on. And if they'd like to follow me on Insta, it's Sunda Live, and also on, you know, everything else you can find me. Sunda Kroonquist. Kroonquist is phonetic. Kroon like a singer. Quist like Ikea. And you've been fantastic, and I just really want to thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, you know what? I want to thank you because I know that you have sandwiched this call into a lot of different things that are going on today. And, and I respect. I want to respect your time. And while we are going to cut the thank show you. a little bit shorter, um, I'm okay with that because, you know what, I get to do that. And I want people to know how to, to find you, and I'll be posting that on my blog. I will be posting the opportunity for those of you that are local that would like to take a free class. How can it get much better than that? I want to thank our mutual friend Carol Lowe for setting this up with us. And just thank you. Thank you so very much. I look forward to also having a I look forward to meeting you. That would be the fun thing that I look forward to. That's gonna be fun and you're gonna come on my podcast and that's gonna be great. But listen, born to talk is something I was born to do and I'm so grateful that you thought of me. And guess what? I think we just almost hit the hour. (laughs) Well we're we're close. So with that I'm gonna just um be able to thank you once again, and and I'm going to say goodbye to my to my uh, listeners, and I'm you going to it. play a little of our outgoing <laughs> thank music. Thank you so much. And I'm going to let you let you get on with your day. So thank you, Sunda. Thank you. I, I'm thank so, you so it much. It was a delight, and we'll talk again soon. A delight. Bye, everybody, for now. You got it. Okay. okay. Bye, everyone. Sunda live all day long.